Good morning, Cliff. We're live. We're live. Good morning. I think I think we should put this show off today. I, we could maybe just record later in the week. Yeah, you know, I haven't really been feeling like it either. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I should do the show today, but I just don't feel up for yeah. either. Maybe, maybe tomorrow I'll feel more like it. Or maybe in an hour or two. I, you know, I just warm up to it a little bit. Yeah, like I don't know. I, there's just so many other things <laughs> I have going on right now. <laughs> That's a great introduction to the show. We're going to talk to you about resistance today, and 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 I, and I and also, bucketed it in procrastination. We're calling it too. Yes, so, procrastination. Yeah. yeah, I think we're going to give a, a flavor to this that'll that'll feel a little different. But right now, I'm going to do our intro. Let's do the intro. Here it goes. Welcome to life, the ultimate choose-your-own-adventure game with hosts Cliff Ravenscraft and Daphne Scott. Join this dynamic duo as they explore the profound concept of life as a thrilling adventure, blending ancient wisdom and modern psychology. Embrace the joy of living with presence, creativity, and playfulness. It's time to navigate the game of life together. Are you ready to play? Let the adventure begin. Daphne, I am ready to play. I'm ready to play. I'm ready for the adventure with some playfulness. Because you can only play with playfulness, I guess. So where did today's topic come from? Yeah, great question. So it came from a friend of mine, actually, who sent me a message. We were talking. And then she said, um, one thing I would like to hear you guys talk about is resistance. What, and these are specifically her questions, what do you do about it? What does it mean? How do you work through it? And I said, what a perfect, perfect topic. Because I don't know about you, Cliff, but you know there can be times when you're wanting to, you know, you got to make the move in the game of life or not, but you know you want to make a move, or maybe you don't, but you have some resistance to it. You're sort of fighting. Yeah, I, one of the things that I did is I was looking at the outline for today to find out what you had cooked up for a topic for us to discuss, and you used the word procrastination quite a bit in the outline, mm-hmm. and so immediately it, it had a lot come up for me as my experience over the last several years with procrastination and used to feel a little bit of guilt, a little bit of shame around the idea of putting things off and not get things, getting things done, led to some feelings of maybe I have a lack of self-discipline and and all of those different things. And while there are still some aspects of, you know, maybe some things ought to be done, or it'd be nice to really accomplish a couple of things. I've really evolved over the years when it comes to the topic of procrastination. And even on my side of the stream, because we're not only recording this for a podcast episode, but we're streaming this live on the internet, you're streaming it out to your social channels, and I'm streaming streaming this out to my Facebook and my uh, YouTube channel, and I give it a title. And so today, I titled this thing procrastination is a form of enlightenment. And that's where I kind of sit on this whole topic of resistance. I, I, I kind of like say, hmm, why am I resisting this? And maybe that's not a bad thing. Yeah, well, okay. So I don't want to jump too far ahead because I, I'm a big, I'm a word sort of person. I think words create worlds. And I think oftentimes we, I, can not give enough distinguishing features about what I mean when I talk about certain things. So I want to do that first. However, what you just did, Cliff, is you asked a question 
And I'm, I'm imagining that one of the ways you deal with whatever we're, what we're calling procrastination, resistance, and I'm going to make some distinctions. You have found a way, when you said enlightenment, you have found a way to really source curiosity around like, wow, what is this? And to sort to you know, to be able to source a certain level of curiosity, you are letting go of a lot of the judgment and criticism you might have of yourself. And that still might lurk in the background, you know, we have some version of that. But nevertheless, when you can get to that point, so we're gonna talk about that. Get <laughs> to sort of like how do we work with this experience that so many of us have as human beings of this what seems like procrastination. And that's a distinction I want to make before we get into anything else. Like, what are we really talking about here? Right. I see procrastination as more of what I would call a symptom of something else. And that something else underneath, I kind of have layers of this. So there's like the resultant of procrastination. In other words, I'm aware, and that's the first thing, I have to be aware that there's something that I want to do or I want to experience or something. So there has to be some level of awareness there to begin with. So let's just establish that. Underneath that, though, there's this form of resistance. And what I have found in myself and in talk, you know, working, coaching clients, working with people is there's this, and you'll get this right away, I think, there's this resistance to some experience, to something I am going to experience. And typically it's, and it's an experience of feeling not so great. And I know that sounds counterintuitive because you would think like, well, if me not doing something is not making me feel great, then why wouldn't I go do the thing that would allow me <laughs> to feel better, right? But we have this reason. I just knocked in. By the way, I just knocked into my Stanley. Oh. <laughs> Put that up. But we have some resistance. It's really about an emotional experience. We don't want to feel a certain thing. So for example, for example, I may, um, I may find myself procrastinating. I'm trying to think of something I procrastinated about. Um, oh, maybe I procrastinated about doing my workout this morning. I was like, I, I woke up. I'm like, I don't want to do it this morning. Now, to your point about enlightened, I just, I just said I'm going to do it at four o'clock today. It wasn't a big deal. Nevertheless, I could keep doing that. And so if I look at it, I'm like, what is it that I, like, I don't want to experience that's, that's creating this sort of resistance for me. So maybe I don't want the feeling of having to get out of bed earlier. I don't want in the feeling that comes with that, or maybe I don't want to feel rushed, or maybe I don't, maybe I just don't want to feel my heart rate elevate. <laughs> I don't like how that feels. So there's some, some emotional experience or some feeling that we're resisting around doing the thing. And we start hmm. there. And it sort of cascades itself, in my experience, it cascades itself into then what becomes the sort of form of procrastination. I don't know how that lands for you. I'm tracking with what you're laying down. And I would say there are certain elements of things of that nature that I identify with readily and easily. Yeah. But when I think of procrastination, I, I think of it more of along the lines of, okay, I've got this. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. Yeah. It was back in September or October of last year. I recorded a live stream with my friend Jessica Rhodes on the topic of guesting on other people's podcasts. What's the value of it? What's the benefit of it? How do you do it effectively? I mean, it's an incredibly powerful conversation. 
the stream of that's in the archives of all of my live stream social media channels. However, the actual recording audio high res version of that audio recording is still sitting right here on my desktop. I'm looking at it over here on my desktop. Okay. And uh, about two and a half weeks after that live stream, I had put it on my calendar, um, process, edit, and publish Jessica Rhodes' interview as an episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show and Podcast Answer Man. And when that day came along, I'm like, hmm, it's Friday. You know what? I'm not going to do that today. Let's move that to Saturday. And then Saturday, I moved it to Monday. And Monday, I moved it to Friday. And I kept doing that and kept doing that. By the way, remember, this was recorded in September of 2023. Okay. It is February 5th of 2024. I still have not done anything with that episode. Okay. It's still on my calendar. But I don't know that there's anything in there that is an emotion that I'm trying to avoid, that there's some sort of resistance to an emotion. It's just that it's not a priority. It, it's, I mean, when it comes down to it, what real value is there that if this were the last day of my life, if these were the last breaths that I was going to expend, if this was the last bit of e time, effort, and energy I, I had, is this thing so important above and beyond all the other opportunities that exist for me today? And the answer to that question has always been no, so I put it off. Yeah. Eventually, one day, maybe it will be a priority, but up until now, it simply hasn't. Yeah, and I don't imagine that okay so what i hear you saying is you are intentionally just moving that to wherever you want to move it in your calendar we'll call it your calendar yeah and you're just doing it and i'm and that's one example of something that is somewhat meaningless but i also have a document from boone county occupational license okay and this was <laughs> by the way let me read this here okay february 28th 2023 okay uh, your business has submitted tax returns with a payment to Boone County Occupational License indicating that business activity has been performed in Boone County, Kentucky. In order to legally do so, you must complete an occupational license uh, payroll tax application and submit it to our office with payment. Well, they already have the payment. The only thing is, is they say they're saying that it's a different business. Okay. So my my CPA says, hey, you've been paying yourself rent to cover your expenses of, of all the stuff. We, I filed that as a separate business. And I'm like, why did you do that? I've always, I always just did this as a way of you know, saying, hey, these, the, my, my business pays a portion of my utilities. I've just averaged it out. Yeah. He goes, well, I think there's some tax benefits for you. Well, he submitted it to Boone County. And Boone County says, hey, you need to register another business. Well, I've been meaning to do that somewhat at some level for almost a year now. On the 28th of this month, there'll be one year. This thing's been sitting on my desk for a year. I could care. It's a $148 payment that they got over there that they don't know what to do with. If they haven't sent me another letter yet, so it's not super important to them. I don't think I'm going to go to jail for this thing. This thing is a very low priority. Yes. And I'm like, eh, I'll deal with it when I deal with it. Yes. If ever. If ever, and it, <laughs> I'll ask you next year. 
I'm sure. You know, I'll write down to check in with you. I may or may not. <laughs> I may or may not. Uh, seriously, I mean, who who are they to tell me what I should or should not be doing with my time, effort, and energy? <laughs> I paid myself some rent expense. My CPA decided to pretend it's some sort of Ravenscraft rental property right. company, and I'm like, what? <laughs> what? It's a hundred forty eight dollar tax payment. I mean, come on. And this I don't imagine, ridiculous. so with either of those things that you've mentioned, I don't imagine, and I want to get into this one more, I want to go back to my definitions in a second, but I don't imagine there are, yeah. there are huge consequences attached. No consequences to, Yeah, at all. so there's not huge, huge consequences. So that, that carries a little bit of, um, I think, some of maybe what I would call the gradations of you know, how we're relating to the stuff that we say we're going to do or not do. And what I still hear is that there's an intentional way you're going to come to this, which makes total sense. When we, and, and use the word priority, which I think is very important. When uh, we talk about procrastination, so I took the Latin meaning, but I think what's interesting is with the Latin meaning of this word, there's, it sort of is twofold. And I think this is some of what I'm talking about with consequence just a little bit. So one meaning uh, procrastinare is to put off until tomorrow makes sense. The other part of it comes from the word acrasia, which means something against our better judgment. I thought that was interesting. Something something against our better judgment. judgment. And who determines which judgment is better than the other? That's the question I would have with that part. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great question. Because is our better judgment, is it based upon our conditioned beliefs, the way that people have told us to evaluate what is good, what is bad, what is better, what is worse? Yes. <laughs> and 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 I've I've made this point of deconstructing so much of what I believe and just not having so many conclusions about what's good, what's bad, and all this other stuff. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the this I think this is the key point is whatever First of all, when you're very clear about your priorities, I think yes. this is critical. And, you know, I was thinking of my friend who brought this question, you know, who's working for someone else, who's working in an organization who may not solely have total, uh, this is a strange way to talk about it. I'm going to say this and then we're going to probably walk it back, but may not have the entire ability to set the priorities or may may have a conflict, let's put it that way, a conflict with priorities, and it's better way to talk about it, conflict with priorities. Nevertheless, when we're clear about what has precedent and what has a priority, I think that is greatly helpful. And you mentioned a couple of things in your examples that I think point to that, right? Like this isn't a priority. I mean, this thing, it doesn't have a big consequence, which probably helps drive some of our priority making, probably. And there's a little bit of a, an experience we have um, with our future self, <laughs> it's very, very, we're going to talk about that a little bit in a relationship to time and our future self. So there's that, but there's also that experience of just having the clarity, right. About not, not totally being driven by consequence, but also having the clarity. Like there may be something that has a consequence that you might say, look, I know there's a consequence attached to this. If I don't do this soon and this, these other two things are much more important to me right now. Right. Right. That can be a reality too. So I thought the definitions were interesting. Let's go back to the judgment part. And let's talk a little bit let's, more about, yeah, whose judgment? Let's talk about that. So Cliff, um, I'm going to use the word should. Okay, that's fine. What are all the things I should be doing in a day? 
You shouldn't be doing anything. You could be doing anything. <laughs> There's nothing you should do. Anything I... that you should do is automatically going to happen. Chances are your your heart is going to beat. You are really? going to breathe in and out. These are the only things that should happen to sustain your life. And those things are going to happen automatically. Yeah. Hopefully. Everything else is what you could do. Because I got to tell you, if I have to focus on my breathing, it's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too busy. <laughs> got too many other things to do. Thank goodness breathing as a priority takes care of itself, which most things do. Yeah. So I want to come back to that because I think this is the other part that that can run counter sort of, you know, to our intuition a little bit is that we, we make up a lot of this stuff. You said it like our past, our, our past beliefs or beliefs that we still have or our mindsets and our conditioning and all these things that come into it, other things that people have told us, so on and so forth. And we end up where what's underneath the, the way that we get through this resistance is getting into some form of acceptance. And I have found in my own life, especially that when, like, I can take action on things. However, I can still be, and this is, I think, the real, um, if there was a misunderstanding about taking action that can make it look like we're not procrastinating. I know a lot of times when I have, and I've watched other people take action, but they're really not in a state of openness and acceptance. They're taking action from a place of should. They're actually still in a form of resistance. Mm -hmm. Is that does that resonate with you? Yeah, there. Yes, I've had a number of times where I've procrastinated on something, and I and for whatever reason, I feel like this is something that I should be doing. It does not feel like a full body commitment. It feels yes. like an obligation. Yes. I may have at one time committed myself to it and said, this is what I'm going to do. But man, I really do not want to do this. But you know what? I'm finally, I'm going to set aside these few hours. And as much as I hate this thing, I am finally going to get this freaking thing off of my shoulders. <laughs> I love it. You sound I'm not <laughs> resisting this at all. You sound like the voice in my head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we've, and I think this is one of the misunderstandings around getting to what you said about mindful, what, what did it say? Mindful procrastination is a form of enlightenment. Just, just procrastination itself is a form of enlightenment. Yeah, exactly. And this is what I watch people do quite a bit is they will, they will brink themselves. They'll force them. So something brinks them that gets them where they, they now are forced to take action. Now action is a, has become a have to, and this is where I was going with consequence, right? It becomes a form of a have to, and really you're still in a form of resistance. It just looks different. It just looks different. Yeah. So my, my sort of insight around this is that the, the experience of taking action from that place usually also doesn't, it doesn't create the highest level of resonance for us. It doesn't feel as alive as it could when we're taking action from a place of first acceptance of even the acceptance like i don't i don't want to do this and can i just be with that and you know the, i don't know if this is true for you cliff but i had to really work on owning my no for quite a while like just having a no to the things that i didn't want to do or you meant you mentioned maybe i committed to something and then friday rolled around <laughs> And I didn't want to go to the party anymore, right? Sounded great at first. And then 
I just didn't want to do it. There's no one that's forcing me to go to a party. I don't have to be at the party. There's no, you know, I didn't say I was going to do anything at the party. I just don't want to go. So getting in a space of really owning our no, I think it's the other part. And I think that is where some of this resistance comes from as well, because I don't know about you, but how many people do we want to try to, to please, right? How many people do we want to avoid disappointing? I'll let you react to that. Or you, so for me, I, I've definitely have, have had a lot of experience of that in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, I, I first of all, being free flowing with the no, I, I discovered for me, the answer to that was being very clear on what my yes is. Yes. Agreed. Once I, I, once I have, once I have clarity on what I say yes to, what is, what is my desired values and values? I mean, by ends values, I'm talking about what emotional states do I most want to experience? Yes. And what are the things that will allow me to attain those um, emotional experiences. And when I discovered that all my emotional experience of life can be manufactured from within, then it's like, okay, now what do I want to create knowing that all of this is possible, that that there are a lot of opportunities and things. It's like, okay, these are the things that, these are my commitments. These are my priorities. These are the things that I'm choosing today that I'm saying yes to. And therefore, by default, my answer to everything and everyone is no to everything. Yeah. It's just no. (laughs) My kids, all three of my kids, if you ever get a chance to chat with them, ask them about, you know, hey, what, just say, uh, what, what is your dad's response to any and every request you ever ask of him? And they will all tell you his immediate answer is no. Yeah. Anything to everything. And they know that they must create compelling arguments on why I should, if you know, reconsider and give a yes. And, and they're going to not win that for a very long time is it's just that I have set in my mind what I'm doing today. And anything to deviate from that is a no, (laughs) unless you can convince me otherwise. So make your best sales pitch and we'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, so that that's the first thing. And then the second thing that you said was um, the who, how many people do I want to please? None, because I, <laughs> I have no p- such power. It's not within me. Uh, how many people do I want to disappoint? I have no such power. So I can only do what I do or not do what I don't do. And everyone else is responsible for their own pleasing or disappointment. That is a tr- they are doing their pleasure. They are doing their disappointment within themselves based upon their expectations, their ways, and they're externally putting their emotional well-being externally. And I just refuse to play a part of their doing that. Yeah. And so you know, I don't I don't concern myself with pleasing anyone. I don't concern myself with disappointing anyone. Yeah. Well, and I think that's really the the you first of all, you mentioned the thing about with your kids to me before we talked about this, and I actually thought it was great. <laughs> and also in giving space to that too, right? Where they would sort of try to get you to do something, and you were like, "Look, don't, don't, don't come to me in front of your friends and say, hey, can I go stay the night at so and so's house?' Like we're gonna have a conversation, right? I remember you talking to me about this, and I thought it was brilliant. And you know, I think when we get in the space of wanting to, well, I mean, you said it, like sourcing our approval from outside of ourselves. This creates that experience, right? I don't want to disappoint someone. I want to, um, you know, and I think that's the form of feeling bad, 
it's a way that we feel crappy. So I'm going to, one of the things that will make me feel crappy is I feel like I'm going to say no to this and I'm going to disappoint someone. So I don't want that feeling. I don't want to feel that. And I want to come back to your ends experience. You'd have to have, you would have to have the belief that you are, your action is disappointing them. Yes. Yes, you would. And I, and, (laughs) but, and I just want to clarify, I have no such belief. Right. Exactly. So for people who still do. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) For people that might still think that or have that experience, right? It's, it's being able to catch those things and being able to see how we're, we're, we think that by, you know, having that belief, we think we're going to avoid that experience and instead have an experience now being in resistance, doing something that we're actually really not aligned with doing. And that actually leaves. There's the key. Yes. That's the key right there. Yes. The fact is, is we are having a negative emotional experience. Yes. Because what is on our list is not in alignment somewhere of what we desire. Exactly. And that I think that's the real enlightenment here. It's like, oh, my gosh, why do I not? Some people said, Cliff, how do I overcome procrastination? And by the way, I know some mind mindset hacks i can tell you all about neuro associations to pain and pleasure and and i could learn a little bit about your current programming and then i could wire you up in such a way that you're off to the gym every single day and you'll never eat a another grain of sugar for the rest of your life i can do that yep but it's not what i recommend it's like hey first and foremost before we talk about this why is this important to you have you ever thought about the fact that maybe you don't want to work where you're working now anymore Yes. Have you ever thought that maybe what you've been doing for the last 10 years and is generating a half million dollars a year for your revenue of your solopreneur business? Have you ever thought of maybe just shutting all of that down and going and doing what you want to do next that lights you up? Yeah. No. (laughs) Actually, Actually, the truth is, yes, I have. And no, because I have these beliefs, I have this way that I'm wiring this all up and I can't even get underneath all of that because I'm unwilling to accept part of this, right? I'm un- unwilling to accept that I have this belief or I'm willing, unwilling to accept my negative experience right now and just not be with that just for a second. And so we do all kinds of things, right? We create dramas, you know, I'm going to march in and tell the boss off. I'm going to say how horrible it is to work here. And all of these things that we do versus just imagine if I just said, this is great and I don't want to be here anymore. Right. I love you. And I don't want to be in this marriage. And I think that's some of the some of the mind shift parts of this it, that we also fight is that two things can be true. And I wanted to bring this in. This is the big this is what I found with myself with the yes. And is that two things can be simultaneously happening. I can really and really. um well, I think work is a great one, you know, really see sort of a path and how this is perfect for everyone else. And it's no longer for me. It's no longer my path. Right. Um, I recently let go of all, I used to be a licensed physical therapist and I am no longer a licensed physical therapist. I let all those things go. Right. The, the speaking of getting the letter that, Hey, your license is due. (laughs) Yep. And, and I just remember looking at it and clearly going, it was an email, actually. I remember looking at it and just clearly going, nope. (laughs) I I had the same, I had the same experience. It was at the end of 2008. 
uh, right before leaving my career as an insurance agent, I had renewed my license because there was still that thing. What if this thing that I'm going to go do doesn't work out? Well, I'm going to have my license. Just I, I can always come back. But at the end of my first year, it came time to renew my license. And again, and I'm like, nope, I don't think I need that anymore. Yeah, I'm not doing it. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. was very clear. I'm not going to renew that. Right. Yeah, it was, it was a clear, clear decision. Yeah, I didn't need to, you know, toil over it. It wasn't, you know, it was just a very clear thing. So when we can get into that space and notice what our beliefs are, and you you got it, got it to it right away, right? What our beliefs are, what's this, I like to say, what, this, what are the stories that we're telling ourselves, right? What's really happening here? And then what is it that we're trying to avoid? What's the, what's the negative experience we're trying to avoid? Well, I don't want to feel the feeling that I will have when I feel like, and it is a story to some degree, I've disappointed someone. Well, what's that feel like? Have I disappointed someone? I don't, I mean, I'm not responsible for their disappointment at the end of the day. Definitely. Would it be, it would be helpful for me because sometimes I struggle to, involve myself in talking in at depth about hypothetical situations. Yeah, like, for sure. Is there, is, can we get into some pi possible, like real case, real life scenarios? Like one of the things that comes to me, for example, is I used to want to work out and be physically active, mm -hmm. but I would put that off because I, you know, for various different reasons. And if I get there, it's like, okay, so well, the reason why I was procrastinating, procrastinating on that had everything to do with about with my belief systems yeah. and and what I was going to feel. Number one, it's going to be inconvenient was the first thing that came to my mind. It's a good I one. have to get in my car, I have to drive to the gym, and potentially sit in traffic and all this other stuff. When you know, so that it's inconvenient. Number two, it takes up so much time. So my time could be better used over here. I could get an earlier start to my day and all this other stuff. I, it, uh, the fact is, is that I go in there, everybody looks all healthy and buff and stuff like that. And I look like me. And <laughs> I wonder, are people going to judge me for the way that I look as much as I'm judging myself for the way that I look? Um, not to mention the fact that it seems like every time I go to the gym, which is sporadically, but every time I do, I come away and I'm so sore. <laughs> It, it's it's somewhat painful and all this other stuff and and so in when it came down to it there was a number of reasons why I would procrastinate on regular consistent physical activity yeah but going to your friend who asked the question how do you overcome something like that well first and foremost is like well it, is it important for me to even work out I mean I could just choose that it's just not a priority which by the way I did for a very long period <laughs> long period of my time but. The reality is, is like I, I think I would actually like this to become a priority. I think there's a number of reasons why working out would be beneficial to me. Um, I, I, I think I'd be more, had to have more energy. I'd get be more productive. I'd get more creative. I, I would be more physically healthy. Maybe potentially even live longer with some factors that are inside of my control. So I think there's a number of reasons why I would like to stop procrastinating on going to the gym on an ongoing consistent basis. So in answer to your friend's question, how do I overcome that? It, I have to actually go in and say, well, what do I believe about going to the gym? And I've shared what my beliefs were before. Yeah. But let me share with you what I had done. I had gone through a program called Creating Lasting Change. And he talks about, Tony Robbins, mm -hmm. and he talks about the fact that it's the associations to pain and pleasure that cause us to be motivated to do something or not do something. 
And that's where you're getting at. What are the emotions that I'm trying to avoid? I was trying to avoid the emotion of feeling inconvenient, um, losing time, all of these other negative things that I thought about every time I thought about going to the gym. Well, what happened was I actually started to rewire my beliefs. Yeah. So for example, number one, I love the fact that I'm commuting to the gym. It's a 20 minute drive. And now it's an opportunity for me to listen to personal and professional development. And that nurtures my mind and it gives me a different way of thinking. And also I've learned scientifically, it's proven that when I'm in motion, that what I'm hearing and learning actually sticks in a different way. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, there are certain things that Tony Robbins has said in certain ways. I can tell you where I was, what we were, what I was passing the moment I heard that the first time. So it's like, oh man, driving to and from the gym is an excellent way for me to learn, to study, to grow. And then while I'm at the gym, you know what? It's amazing to be surrounded by other people who have a commitment to their physical fitness and health. You know what? And these people have great looking physiques because of that consistent investment. And I know that if I make that consistent investment, I'm going to see a better physique and I will be like that. And you know what? Some of these people may judge me. I have no control over that. But I do have control over whether or not I judge myself. Right. And the other thing is, is that, you know what? I've actually come to the place where since I, there was a time when I'd been going to the gym for a couple of years pretty consistently. And so there would be people who come in and it's obvious that they're at the very beginning of a similar journey and they're not very physically fit and stuff like that. And rather than judge them, it's like, oh man, look at that person. It's like, wow. What a, I think it's so great that that person's here. And it's like, wow, I, I bet you there's a lot of people who used to think very positively about my decision to be here in spite of where I had allowed myself to get physically. And so then I started to think, it's like, well, gosh, every time I go to the gym, I do notice that I start to feel a bit of energy. I have more energy after a workout than I did before a workout. And then I recognize that dopamine hits and and it's just like, ah, oh, this feels good. I feel great. And there's my the, just the way my brain is thinking. I'm more clear. I have more creative thoughts. While working out, I can have entertainment or I can listen to more. I mean, this is like there's so <laughs> many reasons I love and I would never miss going to the gym. So that for me is a real practical way of something that I did procrastinate and I did want to avoid it because there was a lot of negative things I thought Yes. about the idea of doing that thing. But I didn't actually say, okay, well, I'm going to wait until I almost die again in the hospital um, before I go and do something. I'm literally going to actually change my thoughts and my what I feel about it by changing yes. my beliefs yes. and my associations to it. Yes. I mean, I think that is the I mean, perfect description, by the way. I don't, there's probably no one that can relate to your experience of <laughs> exercising. <laughs> no one's ever had that experience. And that's what I was getting at. I think it can be with anything, right? A task that yes. I need to do. And so much of the, so many times this is talked about, and I really appreciate that description. It was so great. All going all the way through that. So many times we, you know, we talk about procrastination. It's a time management issue. It's a, you know, organize yourself. As a matter of fact, I used to use 
you I think you'll love this. I used to use organizing my calendar as a way of procrastinating. But I <laughs> I've done that so many times. So many times. Or clean something. You know, that's always a big one for people. So yeah, it's not it's not about the time management issue. And I think that's when pro- how procrastination gets talked about quite a bit. And your description was so perfect. Again, really stemming from getting under the beliefs that you had, right? Now you had also in that example, at some point became aware of a greater negative thing that you also didn't want to experience if you didn't take care of yourself. And by the way, there's a million ways to do that, right? So I get like, you know, we know that. But one of the things that you knew you didn't want to experience was dying in the hospital (laughs) or going to the hospital, right? And so what I loved about your process, Cliff, that you described was you gave, you found your ways of shifting not only your beliefs, but giving yourself, and there's a psychologist that talks about this, um, Judson Brewer, who I really like. He's the director of research and innovation at Brown University and the, their mindfulness center. He calls giving giving your brain a bigger, better offer. Yes. And I just love that. It's sort of like, okay, well, what's the bigger, better offer? Well, I get to work on my personal development, my 20 minute drive to the car, I, you know, to and from the gym. I get to experience my learning through my body right? All of these things that you described and that became a bigger, better offer versus, well, it's going to take too much time. Well, it's inconvenient, yep. right? Well, I'm going to get judged. And so working through that. And I think that's really getting through our belief systems and accepting where we're at in that moment, but also finding that bigger, better offer for ourselves, I think is just key. It's critical. Yeah. Yeah. And, and really- when you shift your beliefs like that, you take something that seemed to be a burden and it's one of the yeah. biggest, it's like one of the coolest gifts that you're giving yourself. It's like, oh, this is my me time. Yeah. I, I mean, any of those. So I had this, I had the exact, or not exact, but similar experience. You know this about me, but getting back into exercising, taking care of myself. I mean, in 2014, I think uh, I'm about five, I'm about five, five on a good day. <laughs> Probably closer to five. <laughs> You know, I weighed about 170 pounds. I was probably the most deconditioned that I had been in a really long time between 2014 and 15. You knew this. You were part of my journey on this. And getting myself back into a routine, really starting to not not just the exercise part of it, but what that all was a result of was me not taking care of myself. I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't eating well. I had really just was under an enormous amount of stress with work and my emotional life, I'd left a relationship, a long-term relationship. So there were many factors that were happening at that same time. And what I knew was important to me was taking care of my health. At the end of the day, I knew that was more important than, than the road I was on, right? And kind of making all the stories that I made. One of the big stories I had, Cliff, was, well, it's too late. Hey. <laughs> Isn't that a good one? It's too late. I can't do it. I've gone too far. And that was a really good belief. And so I thought, well, yeah, exactly. So I'm like, well, what, what's the better option here? I mean, you can continue. Continuing down that road isn't going to help you. Clearly, it's going to keep you where you've been. So is there another way to look at this? And <laughs> oh, my God, there's like, maybe it is too late. But the truth is you're here anyway, so you might as well do something. Right. Who knows? I don't know. if yeah. it's too late. Yeah, Right. I'm here anyway. And so working through that and getting and also giving myself a moment of acceptance. And I, I'm a big fan of of this approach because of the what you mentioned right at the top, all of the judgment that we can have and the self-criticism that we can. I mean, the self-criticism that I had in that moment. Probably the worst that I've ever had. I mean, everybody I you know can have a little bit of judgment, but I, it was it was pretty 
harsh. If I played out what was going on in my mind at the time, it was pretty harsh. So getting to some level of acceptance, like, look, this is simply what is for right now. You can continue on that path if you like, and that's fine. You can do that. However, if you find that you have a bigger vision for yourself, if you find that you have something else that you would like to experience, Daphne, this is all the voice in my head, perhaps, <laughs> perhaps you might want to start taking steps in that direction. And what would be the one yeah. step that you can take right now? Here's the great learning that I had. I have never yet, and it could happen. It could happen. The opposite could happen. I have never yet completed a workout and finished and thought to myself, man, I wish I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> I have never had that feeling either. That, yeah. And I've had, some, I've had some workouts where I went out to the car and I literally had to lift up my arm to the <laughs> steering wheel because I, I completely worked my biceps and triceps to failure. Yes. I mean, there, I had there were like times this. where the, the next day I literally had to climb up the steps on my hands and knees <laughs> because my quads had no strength in them anymore. They're I destroyed jello. those things. Yeah, yes, and Dom's delayed onset muscle soreness is a real thing. For days. Wow. Yes. So much pain. But you know you know what's crazy? Yeah. Is I actually loved there there's the the feeling of pain mm -hmm. that comes from knowing that you've literally destroyed every bit of tissue in your muscle <laughs> is amazing. <laughs> it's such a great feeling. It hurts. But it is such a great feeling. You know you've done something. Yes. Something is happening in there. Yeah. I mean, I've never had that experience. So I've learned that. So my bigger, better offer to myself, right? I've never done a workout yet where I have finished and said to myself, I wish I wouldn't have done it. That was really, I mean, it's been hard. I'm not saying I haven't had hard workouts. Absolutely. Plenty. Mm -hmm. But I always feel better afterwards. Always. So I think getting to that experience too can be really helpful. So as people are working through their acceptance, they're working through what is it there's there's there that is really truly a priority for themselves. And I want to come back to obligation. And I think you just did a show on obligation. I thought you did some show recently on obligation. Maybe I'm just making that up or some version of that. I do all sorts of stuff, I but I, I can tell you my favorite quote about obligation is um, most people are over or under committed and over obligated. Yes. Exactly. And I, you, you know, this, my favorite quote on in that same vein is from Gay Hendricks. And he says, you'll never have enough time to do the things you don't want to do. Yeah. But, and and th that for me is the procrastination for, yeah. it's like, ha rather than trying, because I do think there are some things that we put off or procrastinate on that quite frankly, not that we should do, but when it came down, comes down to it, we really do want to get it done. Sure. It, it, there is there's a level of I'd, I'd like to actually accomplish this. I'd like to do it. I see the value and the importance of having it done. I'm not all that excited about doing it. And so I have four. So I have these coaching cards that I make on my desk. And so on the other side of procrastination is a form of enlightenment. I said, when I find myself procrastinating, I will ask myself. And there are four questions. Could I do something that would make this fun? There we go. So that's the changing the neuro associations. Yep. Number two, could I seek help in getting this done? Three, could I delegate this? And number four, oftentimes my favorite, 
Could I just delete it? Just <laughs> stop <laughs> moving scary. it to the next week. Just just delete it. It, it. If it comes back, I can maybe find it. I can recreate it. Whatever. But just you know, maybe the Boone County thing just goes in the trash. I don't. Yeah. Know. <laughs> Throw it in the trash right now, or maybe you want to just make a reminder for yourself to check in in a year if they haven't contacted you. Well, I don't know. well it's you know February twenty eighth is coming up. It's coming up on its one year anniversary. My CPA is probably going to do the same thing with our rent expenses this year, right? And maybe just maybe this year will be the year I go and create a new occupational license for Ravenscraft Rental. <laughs> we'll find out when you get there. So let's come back to because I mentioned this. Let's, <laughs> We'll find out soon enough. The- I was just picturing in my mind, what would it look like? What are the other tax benefits of having Ravenscraft Rental? There might be some. We don't know. There might be we'll some. We'll find out. We'll find out. We'll find out soon enough. Yeah, so come back to the questions, too. So this is the other part. Once I think we can accept where we're at in the moment, then we are able to source some curiosity. And you said that at the top of the show, too. Like, how can we be curious about, well, what is this? Like, I don't, I notice that I'm telling myself that I could do these things or I should do these things. What's that all about? Right. Do I, am I really called to do those things? I mean, your four questions are perfect, but when we are in a space of judgment and criticism of ourselves and feeling the fear of what we may be, what we may experience, but you know, maybe I have to work on a spreadsheet and I'm going to feel, I don't want to feel bored. I find it boring to work on spreadsheets, for example, right. Boring to put input data right? I can ask myself a series of questions. I loved your last one. Can I delete it? Right. But I can, if when I'm curious about my experience and I'm curious about what that is, then I can get underneath it. And I can't do that without accepting myself first and accepting what's really happening. Then I can source curiosity and come to a very, and maybe, maybe the word that I have at the end of that is no. Right. Yeah, yeah. maybe this needs to get, I, I would like to get these spreadsheets done. I'm not the one to do it though. I'm not, I don't enjoy working with spreadsheets. I don't enjoy inputting data. Somebody else must do that. Or maybe that's been my job for 12 years as I'm the person who works with spreadsheets. But now yeah. I'm not. <laughs> I'm no longer the person who works with spreadsheets, right? So the sooner yep. we can, right? The sooner that we can get to some of these sort of experiences and be, in, be enlightened around our procrastination or what we're calling procrastination. So now I think we're really flipping this on its head. Because I think we've had to name this experience so that we could talk about it in some way. Yeah. 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 And I think the name is apropos. I think the idea is something that I have put on my to-do list and or calendar and I consistently don't do it when it's due. I I, I, I think that's a that's a real that's a real thing that happens. I still, I, there's still plenty of things that I procrastinate. I've, I've just talked about the Boone County license thing. I, I'm sure the, the Jessica Rhodes podcast interview, that's not the only one, by the way. I, I procrastinated on another number of things, but that's just a number of things that I could do. Yes, you could. The, the, but that, that is another thing and that has been so helpful is I don't think of any of those things as things that I should do. Now, at some level, there there's a you know there this might be arguable. This tax form for Boone County Clerk's Office and and that 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 that's the closest thing to a should. But even then, it's it's really something that I could do. It's something I could take care of, and all this other stuff. What's the worst consequence? 
And when it really comes down to it, it's still something that I could do. It's not something that I should. It's just something I could. Right. And and what are the real benefits and values of doing that? What's the cost of not doing it and all the other stuff? But yeah, I I but I still think there is this thing called procrastination. And and I think that I, I one of the things that I'd love to talk about in a future episode is the map of consciousness by Dr. David R. Hawkins. Yes. And it's the idea of living in that guilt, in that shame, in that self-judgment, that self-criticism, that fear, that uncertainty, everything which he talks about calibrates below 200 on the map of consciousness. I think we should talk about and if that. We could, if we could get in, and we'll just drop that topic right there and say, <laughs> we'll come back to it. But once we get ourselves to a level of consciousness above 200, where we start having courage is the turning point, and we are only occasionally dipping into fear, only only occasionally dipping into some guilt, but they're more along the lines of it's a check engine light on the dashboard that says that something's not operating according to manufacturer specs. Yeah. The the way things really could be to give us the optimal experience of life. And that's why I say procrastination is a form of enlightenment. It's telling you that, hey, something's not aligned here with your values. Yes, and that's it. And I want to come back to being sort of the over-obligated. So there's the things that I've told myself I want to do. Then there are Mm -hmm. these, I want to define this, there are, quote, agreements I've made with other people. Mm-hmm. that I may have a complete no to keeping. And that is also the big rub, I think, that people get themselves into, um, Cliff, and I don't know if this is true for you too, but doing just saying these things that we, we've we made these agreements, like, yeah, I'll meet you at five o'clock. I don't want to meet you at five o'clock. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be there. And I think that's the other part of this too, is it's when it's something like between you and Boone County, that's, you know, that's one part of it. It's when we've made, we've over obligated or obligated. I don't want to say over obligated, obligated ourselves in any way, right? Yeah. Our level of consciousness, then it is jingly. We're not aligned. I think of it as sort of how I think of it as sort of two guitar strings. When they're in tune, there's just this beautiful resonance there. And when they're not, you can hear it. It's wobbly, yep. right? It sounds very wobbly. So yeah, I think we should talk about that. And so what is it like then? to move from this space, to have this thing we call procrastination, be that check engine light for us. And instead of coming at it from, from a form of judgment and criticism of ourselves, really coming to it from, from a perspective of what is it telling us? Right. What yeah. is it telling yeah. What, yeah. what would I have to believe to feel the way that I feel about this task that, that, I somehow at some level feel is important. Yes. What, what do I have to believe about this thing? I, that's the first question. What would I have to believe to feel this way? Yes. Yes. I think that's the whole thing. So making sure that people understand this is not a time management problem. It's an emotion. Um, one of the scientists that I read, he did a study in 2013, said, you know, it's an emotion regulation issue. <laughs> I think emotion regulation is a little strange of a t- term. However, what that person and what these researchers are pointing to is exactly what we're talking about. Like, what would I have to believe to be creating this experience that if I don't stay in this job, right? If I don't keep doing this work, 
that it means something about me or that I'm going to disappoint people or all the, all of the negative effects that I think are going to come out of this, that therefore tie me and chain me to this thing. And now I'm not wanting to do any of it. Yeah. And there's the, there's also this quote and it's from an ancient book of wisdom Mm -hmm. called Proverbs. And it says (laughs) that without, without, without vision, the people shall perish. Yeah. And having a vision of what you're, what's valuable, what's important to you, what you're looking to create in this world, what you want to experience without that, you will perish in this endless decision of what should or shouldn't be done, what you should or should not commit yourself to and the obligations you have. And I'll give you a perfect example of this. Cause again, I, I, I like to deal with concrete real life examples. I have a client that I'm working with and she currently sells Facebook ads. She's a digital marketing expert and she is incredible at it. Although she's as bored with that as I was back in the day when I was teaching people how to you know, get rid of the buzzing noise in their podcast audio back after more than 12 years of teaching people how to podcast. And so I'm like, listen, I get it. You don't want to pick up more Facebook ads, but you, and you want to create a profitable career as a coach. Currently, you have not had at least four, five, or 10 clients say yes to a coaching proposal yet, which means there's no income coming in consistently to replace your income from your Facebook advertising. So if you want my honest, real advice, go get more Facebook ad clients while having more coaching experiences, making more proposals, and working through all of the no's until you get about five to 10 people who say yes. Mm-hmm. And the more consistent you say, you get with people who say yes, the income will go up. But here's the situation. I do not recommend that you continue to sell Facebook ads if you're going to hate every minute of selling Facebook ads. (laughs) Just just as an example. (laughs) So here's the situation. We need to change how you're framing your experience of saying you need to see that every Facebook ad customer, every minute you devote to putting an ad online for a customer is you doing something that you're incredibly gifted at, that you know how to do, you're efficient at it, people already have this issue and they're willing to give you money to fund your growing of the work that you want to do as a coach. Yeah. What a gift that is. And if, and what I, so what I do is I actually create a different neuro association to selling Facebook ads. Every minute that I get paid to do Facebook ads is a minute that I'm getting paid the financial resources necessary to, to give people complimentary experiences of my coaching so that after uh, an, a session or two, I could ask them, would you like to have a conversation about what it would look like for you and I to have an ongoing paid coaching relationship? And eventually you'll get so good at that, that people start saying yes to that. And eventually you'll be able to take less and less Facebook ads and you'll go full time into this. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, now that person used to procrastinate on their Facebook ad activities and now they're actually fully engaged. And it's not like they're like, oh, wow, I love this so much. I don't know that I need coaching anymore. It's no, it's the fact that they love coaching and they're so looking forward to building a profitable coaching business that that's allowed them to enjoy the process of doing the Facebook ads for a season. Yeah, and I mean, you sort of flipped it around, right? 
like flipping the, flipping the script on. But I think that's the bigger part of what you're getting at too, Cliff, is that neuroassociation, right? Which is what you were talking about or what, what Judge and Brewer called the bigger, the better offer for ourselves and how do we actually relate to these things and how do, and what I liked about what you just said there too, is that there's a, there's what I would call almost like a transition flip, you know, that's happening and giving that the space to really, to allow that client to have that experience too. Um, and what you talked about, I think, I think some of the, I guess some of the, when we talk about zone of genius and being a zone of competence, you and I know zone of genius, right? We get that, we got that from Gay Hendricks and in his book, The Big Leap, we can think of it as a big leap, right? I'm going to jump from here yeah. to here, right? Like I've got to scrap all this and start and start all new, which people have done and some have done, done, you know, effectively. Also, there can be this sort of what you just talked about. Hey, look, what about this? Instead of just hating this every minute, what yeah. would it look like if we did it this way? And that's, yeah, yeah it's really, that's pretty brilliant. A lot of people, a lot of people, when they watched me in 2017, I had read The Big Leap, I think it was in September of 2017. Yeah. And then in November of 2017, I had, like within that two month period of time, I had made the decision, I'm going to put an end to all podcast consultant related financial income activities. And two months later, it was over. By the way, when I announced it in September, you've got one year to take podcasting A to Z. That's it. You, yeah. <laughs> if you don't take podcasting A to Z within the next 12 months, you are never going to get that opportunity. And then it was like, hey, you've got you got 30 days to sign up because I'm doing my <laughs> it's last one. coming to an end. <laughs> so so a lot of people who are were not aware of the behind the scenes thought that I did make a big leap within a very short yeah. period of time. But this was September 2017 when I read The Big Leap. But I started the transition of podcast answer man to the mindset answer man or the mindset and business coaching that I do today. That started in January 2015 right. when I began to ask myself the question, what would life look like if I just coached people around mindset and had nothing to do with the technical aspects of podcasting? That was in January 2015. And I started to work the process and I started this little bit of dipping the toes in the waters. I put a podcast episode out to my audience and said, hey, I'm willing to do for the first time in a long time. I've, I haven't done one-on-one -on -one coaching for years. But if you'd like me to be your one-on-one -on -one coach, it's $3,500. It includes this number of sessions within this period of time. Here's the caveat. The word podcast or any technical aspect of podcasting must not be discussed during any of our sessions. <laughs> and I'm like, I wonder if anybody will take me up on this. And it, they sold out instantly. Amazing. And then I did that again. And then I'm like, oh, wow, people are willing. And then I tried other little things and work live in-person workshops with no podcast technology talk. And it's like, oh, wow. And then I went to these conferences and I was like, oh, I could do this. And then I read The Big Leap and I'm like, well, how long am I going to wait before I make the leap? Yeah. I mean, it, it's time. And so <laughs> it, I, it was, it's kind of like my kids have had fish over the years, right? Yeah. And sometimes you want to change their water. And it, it's funny enough that on the front cover of the book, The Big Leap, it's a fish jumping from one yes. bowl into another fish bowl. Yes. But one of the things that I find fascinating as a metaphor is 
Um, you don't want to actually fill the aquarium up with sink water and then instantly take your fish that's in the bag of water that was from the old one and put them straight into the thing. Yeah. No, you need that water to get to the right temperature because that fish is not going to be able to acclimate to the new environment yes. instantaneously. It has to be a rather slower process. You have to give it you know, that you might need to work on the conditioning of the environment. There, there's so much to that metaphor. So much. That just jumping straight in is not a good idea. I have not found it to be a great idea myself or for most people. And I also, in my experience, making these shifts, in my experience also was very similar to yours. You know, I've left two corporate jobs asking myself the question, you know, what could it look like if I, if I were to sing and dance my way through life, what would that look like? And those moments in, you know, as you're sort of, I loved you sharing that story as you sort of are transitioning into that. You're letting yourself, I think a couple of things, letting the water warm up is a really good one. Also, when you start setting the vision for yourself to live your life the way that you want to live it, to do the work that you want to do in the world. I have found that my neurological system, my temperature setting has to be willing <laughs> to get that high. Right. I mean, Gay Hendricks talks about that. And that, we should just talk about that yep. book. I know you've done episodes on it. And so have I. But, you know, you it takes a minute for your neurological system to get that way. I mean, go back to the levels of consciousness that you talked about with David Hawkins. Right. We're stepping into a new zone. So it's going to take just a breath or two or 10 or a thousand to allow ourselves to wire ourselves, you know, to get to that level of wiring right? And into that level of space. And so I think if we can continue to have some acceptance and some understanding of ourselves and source curiosity, I think we can get to these things and move through these forms of what seems like resistance or feels like procrastination, feels like us fighting these emotions, because I think we get on the other side of it. And then Cliff, here's where it gets really dicey, I think, or spicy. I'm going to say spicy. Why wouldn't we want to feel good all the time? Mm, yeah. <laughs> Right. And, and 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 what yeah what is wrong with feeling good all the time i'll never forget the first time i ever read that question in the big leap and i'm yes. like the my first reaction no kidding what a stupid question <laughs> as if that were possible what a dumb question isn't it me feeling bad that makes the feeling good worth it Exactly. And, and, and I'll never, it, it took about two and a half weeks to at least accept what if it were possible to have, to feel good and have my life go well all of the time. Yeah. Only to about a month or two later, actually have a full body commit. I am committed 100%. I will do whatever it takes to feel good and have my entire life go well all of the time. Yes. And that that was a, a trans that was a transitional period. Yeah, it it really is a transitional period. And so I love how we've gone from procrastination to this this experience because I do think that underneath it, it what we're getting at is how we set up our our beliefs and how we are working with the stuff going on in our mind, right? And once you get on that, once you're starting to get on the other side of okay, what is this procrastination experience? What is this thing that I'm resisting? And you start working through that, then you start to realize you're getting to like, well, what do I want my life to look like? What do I want to experience? Yes. That, and, and that's why I don't think we've actually taken any leap away from the actual topic of procrastination. Procrastination yeah. enlightens you to the fact that there's something in your experience of life that isn't what you want at some level. Yes. 
And, and if you could just see it for that and say, what's behind all of this? And there may be there, you may want to, at times, create different ways of framing and associating the neurons in your brain to clean and pleasure to get yourself to take action on some things that you might feel is important to get done. That's right. That's exactly right. But you, but you also may find that you want a small or radical shift in your experience of life. And all of this is incredibly powerful. And it's why when somebody comes to me and say, they say, listen, I am stuck. I can't get myself to get this stuff done. I'm like, this is awesome. Cause I know there's a lot to be learned from this experience. <laughs> and now we can work through it. I love it. And it is awesome. Yeah. So if you have found yourself, you're listening. Thank you so much for the question too. Um, and letting us talk about this. But if you're finding yourself in a resistance, I know we know just what to do, right? You know just what to do. And I think we just wrap up this show. So much we can talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So much more. So much. So much more. So we, we hope you enjoyed the show. Um, you can find us at chooseyourownadventurepodcast.com. You can leave us a message and I'll put the link in the show notes to do that if you'd like to leave us a voice message or if you'd like to hear us talk about more. I think, Cliff, you had some requests. We're going to talk about the levels of consciousness. I think that's a great. Oh, I can't wait. That 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 has everything to do with how we're playing the game. Not that we're playing the game. <laughs> it's everything to do with how we're playing the game, and there are a lot of ways to play the game. Um, so you can find us there. You can also find find Cliff at Cliff CliffRavensCraft.com. And I yep, highly recommend CliffRavensCraft.com. Yep, and check out his shows. And you can find me at Daphne-Scott.com. But we will be with you all. Oh, by the way, next week. We will be recording on a different day. We'll be doing the show on a different day. So awesome. Yeah. Sounds good. We'll see when that is. All right. Well, thanks for being with us. And we look forward to more great, exciting adventures.